more PE money, going into North American translation, localization, and healthcare interpreting is now going to be available for retail investors to invest in. They interviewed a dozen companies or so in that voice space before choosing GM Voices. And welcome everyone to the pod of the company that is called Slater. Hi there. Hey Florian, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm in a tropical greenhouse and it's yep. getting more tropical <laughs> by the minute. So this is going to be a short one. <laughs> <laughs> same here. Yeah, same here. Windows are closed so you don't get the building noises. But yeah, it's quite sweltering. Uh, yeah, windows are closed because these guys continue to rip up tram tracks out there. And uh, yeah, we mm. don't want that to uh, to come onto the pot. <laughs> so yeah, today, short episode for fans only. Um, and we'll have an amazing guest on next week again. But this week we're going to be talking, it's going to be just you and me, Esther. Yes, the originals. Yep. The originals, going back to the roots, uh, talking about blend going into voice services. Another major CEO change in the localization industry after last week's RWS change and more PE money going into North American translation, localization and healthcare interpreting is now going to be available for retail investors to invest in. Um, after I think Stratus was, no, they were, they delisted. What happened to them? They were acquired, yes, by AMN. Exactly. So now there's a there's another option for investors to go uh, yeah, into healthcare interpreting. <laughs> We've got a new option if we're really desperate to invest in a listed. You got a new one. Healthcare yeah. interpreting company. Ex exactly. So first, let's talk about Blend, um, formerly known as One Hour Translation. Then they bought we, what we title as the company that recorded Siri, a company called mm. GM Voices. Uh, what's going yeah. on there, Esther? Well, yeah, like you said, they acquired uh, GM Voices. Um, it was a deal that closed in May and announced this week in June. Um, so GM Voices is a US-based recorded voice and audio localization provider. Um, so as you said, I mean, you gave the example of Siri. I think that was one of their kind of you know massive major client projects. Uh, but they also... Um, do things like, well, they provide voice and localization services for telecommunications, for example, when you've got things like um, callers who get access to pre-recorded messages without actually talking to anyone in multiple languages. They do things like explainer and marketing videos, podcasts as well, subtitling, dubbing, um, and things like this. So yeah, it's definitely um, a move into voice. Um, for for Blend uh, and the CEO, Yaya Tal, he was talking about GM Voice's impressive client list, talking about they, uh, their technology partnerships um, for that they've held for quite a number of years and that they've got thousands of um, voice actors as well on their books. Um, and it seems quite a deliberate move as well. They, they were telling us that the deal is the result of a methodical search process that took about 18 months. They interviewed a dozen companies or so in that voice space before choosing GM voices. I think it's a good move. Yeah. Uh, it's also in this kind of broader data, AI adjacent areas of localization. So I think it, it does make sense. And if they've been looking at this for... 18 months and did a lot of due diligence on a dozen companies, um, you know, 
looks like they feel they settled on the right the right target. Um, hey, I wonder if Susan Bennett was somebody who worked for GM Voices. Do you know who Susan Bennett is? No. Should she I? Was a, no. <laughs> I just pulled it up. <laughs> Literally, while we were speaking, uh, yeah. I remember there was this whole story around the woman who says she was the voice of Siri. Oh. And yeah. and then there was a couple of media stories around it. And so I pulled one up that's from 2017 or something. And so it says, Bennett said she didn't know she voiced Siri until Apple integrated it into the iPhone in 2011. And then, quote unquote, a colleague emailed me about Siri and said, hey, we've been playing around with this new Apple iPhone or with this new Apple phone. Isn't this you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Imagine the shock. <laughs> like, hey, that's me. That's yeah. me. <laughs> it's yeah i think we we might have spoken about it on the paper cup podcast i don't remember it just sounds very fresh that uh that i've i've spoken i about think this we did talk issue. about it yeah, somebody yeah. yeah this kind of rights and fair the usage rights management like yeah, yeah yeah because if you if you just go and you you basically quote unquote give them the voice i mean if you become the voice of like you know a phone that gets sold to billions of people well maybe not billions but like hundreds of millions of people that you probably want to have some royalties from it anyway maybe um i wonder how that factors into the purchase price if they have like a library of voices but you know they probably can comment on that anyway interesting acquisition congrats to uh yard tall that's his first deal as ceo of blend so let's see if they continue to have what 150 people now uh and they said they were gonna hire another 50 in 2021 so blend's growing to like 150 200 people this year yeah GM to, was about 30. I don't think they shared any other financial metrics, but in terms of size, GM is 30. 30 people? Okay. And mostly, yeah, yeah North America-based, right? U.S. Yeah. yeah. U.S. Cool. So uh, not so cool is that uh, Andrew Day, the CEO of, or former CEO now of Keywords, the big uh, gaming, you know, operations slash localization company in the U.K. that that's publicly listed, he he retired now uh, after uh, an extended leave of absence due to health reasons. So I think we learned about that a few months ago. And apparently now he's, he's, they said he's bringing forward a longer term retirement plan and, and he's, uh, well, stepping back from uh, immediately from the CEO role. Uh, and there's an advisory board for about six months initially. And, Gentleman called John Haug and Sonia Sedler. Uh, John Haug is the CFO and Sonia Sedler, the COO, will serve as joint interim CEOs until they search for, for their next leader. And, you know, that comes after the news last week of RWS also changing their CEO. So mm. that those are two big plays in the localiz localization space that are now uh, under new leadership. And, you know, the situation Obviously, it's different at keywords that, that, you know, it, it was unexpected and Andrew Day built this up from, from the very beginning. I remember looking at some of the, watching some of the early videos when, when he kind of pitched like in 2013, the vision for the company and said, look, we're going to mm. do this. Uh, we're going to, we're going to list. I think that was 2013. And then we're going to start acquiring yeah. companies in the space. And, you know, well, that's exactly what they did. And they grew from a, a, a literally a very, very small, uh, mainly, I think it was localization were the roots, right? To now, like a kind of full supply chain uh, game production localization, not production. Uh, what's the right word there? Yeah, I mean, development, uh, game development, development. development. Um, well, I don't think we should call them developers because they're not actually developing the game. Like they're doing all the 
adjacent work, probably not too much yeah. uh, the yeah, the services component, right? So yeah, they they beautifully executed on that strategy and was led by Andrew Day from the start. So um, so yeah, so now he's uh, he's retiring and these uh, uh, two individuals taking over until they find a a new a new full time CEO and. Things are things are looking good. Revenues are up fourteen percent. They said they added a, a note to the um, to the to the notice around uh, the CEO change. That you know, eleven percent up to what twenty twenty was three hundred and hang on four hundred forty two million dollars in in revenue. Um, and in twenty twenty one, they had a quote unquote very good start, continuing the momentum from the second half of twenty twenty. Uh, total revenue for the first four months of the current year was up 36%, of which 25% is organic growth. I mean, mm. that's a quarter increase in revenue organically. I, I would call that's that... That's like $100 million or something. I would call that a very good start. <laughs> right? that, that's, that's a fantastic start. Oh, wait, no, not $100 start. million. Dollars. Sorry, like 100 yeah, over the year. Would be, yeah, yeah, but, well, a fantastic a start a to the year. You know, I haven't seen this from anyone else. And, and so we'd be looking for how the, the localization unit has done which is around a third if you include localization well, testing. Yeah, exactly. So the the one called localization is is more the kind of text-based localization where they've got audio services, which does dubbing and a number of other things, and the testing unit as well. And combined, they're about a third. Yeah, um, yeah. I think localization, the text gate stuff, had a bit of a rocky road in 2020, and that was the only unit that actually declined over the year. Um, but then it... I think it rebounded and returned to growth at the in the second half of 2020. So Got it. hopefully all going well. And so if you, yeah, I mean, they, you know, if you were confident enough in in their in in Andrew Day's ability to execute on that strategy in 2013, and you had invested, well, let's say you had invested, I don't know, five thousand dollars, you'd be yep. up uh, 40x. So you know, 40x. Well, that's yes. pretty good. So you'd have two hundred thousand dollars now in the bank. So you've given in eight, them over eight years, basically over eight years. That's that's quite the return. That beats uh, U.S. government bonds or U.K. government bonds or literally if any only government I had, uh, bond. Five thousand pounds to spare and knowledge of keywords in twenty thirteen. <laughs> yeah, we need to find the keywords of twenty twenty one. Let's do it. <laughs> and then, like, go all in. And then, you know, no. <laughs> then we have a different podcast in twenty thirty two, like. I don't know how to <laughs> something else. <laughs> An how investment to make podcast. How to money investing in the language industry? Yeah, uh, different podcast. Oh, okay, other yeah. people that are looking to invest, sitting on capital, um, looking for targets are Triple Tree Capital Partners. Those names, yeah, those, fun a, na those fun names, those fun names are just hilarious. <laughs> Triple Tree. It's always like Oak Tree or like. Black, you know, Brown I mean, you got tree. the big one, like so black one. <laughs> rock and, and all this stuff. Like, I think it's it's meant to instill confidence and like a kind of substance, it, it, right? Evoking some kind of wholesomeness as well. Yes. Triple tree. Triple tree. Capital partners. Yeah. Well, what's going on with triple tree capital partners? All right. We're going to call them TTCP for sure, I think, because that's an acronym that I've seen. But... Uh, they have invested in Proprio, Proprio language services. That's a US-based uh, language service provider that does mainly healthcare, well, predominantly healthcare interpreting. Um, the news of the deal closed on, uh, well, the deal closed on the 1st of June and they just announced this week. 
They did not want to share, declined to share the financial metrics and the total raised. So we don't really know how much money we're talking Why? about here. You should um, tell us. Tell yeah. Us. Come on. Well, we did ask. But um, we covered them reasonably recently in April, um, Propio, when they acquired Vocalink, which is another US-based translation and interpreting provider. Um, So Propio pre-Vocalink had about $15 million US dollars in 2020 in revenues, um, reasonable growth of nearly 3% from 2019. They're predicting strong growths um, in 2021. Again, uh, yeah, looking to hire, looking to grow to over 100 people by the end of the year. Um, But back to the funding. So you've got um, TTCP, if I get that right. Um, It's their first investment in the language services space. um, And they said that they were looking, well, they identify demand uh, as growing and they see an increasing need for language services and and interpreting in particular because of regulatory uh, requirements. They are, I think we said already, they're a healthcare investor and they have a focus on growth stage companies. They've got about 15, 16 portfolio companies at the moment and includes, uh, which I thought was quite interesting, Clinithink, which is using NLP to automate the review of health records so they're kind of combining healthcare and tech and hmm. um certain certain um advances there as well um, so this is yeah. appropriate so very heavy again in in healthcare mm. how much like what's the proportion there so 70% healthcare um of their revenues and 80% interpreting wow with the so rest d- being translation yeah okay um so this whole uh, kind of the play for the U.S. healthcare access mm. market is very—I mean, it's it's a huge competitive play. It's very competitive. It's but it's also just such a it's a large market. Everyone, not everyone, but a yeah. lot of companies are are going in, and the, and the language component is a key component. Just imagine if Europe had like a. Not a not a centralized, but a somewhat unified healthcare landscape mm. in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the U.S., yeah, I, okay, maybe I'm going on a limb here. I, I'm not super familiar with with that system, but I guess there are certain regulatory areas that are federal instead of state, right? So you you have some certainty if you you can you can cover the entire U.S. with with certain products, mm. uh, and then there's things like uh, Medicare, I guess that that are funding some of these businesses. Um, or I mean, funding things that these businesses uh, produce, right, on, on a federal level. I mean, imagine if something like that existed in Europe. In, in Europe, if you want to go pan-European with, with things like that, it's super tricky. You'd have to, you know, like... So rep- many different laws, jurisdictions, so languages, many different laws and jurisdictions, right? Mm. That's why it's very hard for anybody to really scale in this space across all of, you know, the European Union and now obviously with, mm. with Britain out again. Um, so, yeah. Good. So for them, they, uh, again, this is a private equity firm. I think they, they engaged a company called Mariner Capital Advisors, uh, appropriate it is, right? To, to help them, yeah. um, to help them through this process of, uh, raising that money from, from, from the private equity guys. So, yeah. I mean, that's how it works, right? You go out, you, you get an advisor, that advisor connects you to a bunch of funds and, uh, and then you, you know, pick the one that, 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 that's the best fit and that's, that's willing to invest. So. Mm. I guess that's a, that's a proper smart well, way to do their, that. 
should maybe mention as well as the first time that Propio has taken on any kind of external funding. Um, Since in like 20 years. Of, 20, 1998 they were founded. So yeah. 20, I think 97, 98, so like 20 plus years of operating. Um, kind of why wouldn't you, right? I mean, imagine you, you, you start a business in 1998. All of your money is tied up in the business. If you're the founder, uh, you probably, you know, you've, you've, you've paid out decent salaries, et cetera, but a lot of your actual wealth is tied up in that business. So what, what this also creates is what people call like a liquidity event. Um, like if mm. you, you know, imagine you're a founder, you own the business outright. I don't know who owned Propia, but just more generally speaking. Um, and, and then, then you sell part of it, uh, the majority to, <clears throat> to a fund, obviously you're going to get cash, right? So you, you, you get some of that liquidity, some of that value, <clears throat> value out of the business and, um, uh, and eventually maybe, you know, can, um, yeah, I mean, this is, is, is de-risking because otherwise you have all of your eggs in one basket, right? You get your salary from the business and much of your wealth is tied up in the business as well. So mm-hmm. good for them. And staying with, you know, U.S. healthcare, something which I should probably read up on before I start commenting <laughs> on podcasts. But we got this cloud break um, company that did the spec and now specs another super complicated topic it's this kind of empty shell company that's listed and then you reverse kind of merge into it and so Mm. you get to be traded on a stock exchange without without actually having to go through an ipo Mm. you know who would have thought we'd be talking about this i think they're increasingly popular i've heard seen more coverage generally in the business news I heard it's kind of, it's going in cycles. I think it, it was popular uh-huh. like 20 years ago and then it kind of disappeared. And now it's coming back again. It's just like some, mm. what used to be a somewhat obscure structure kind of making a comeback again. But again, commenting outside of my core expertise here. <laughs> um, again, a VRI, video remote interpreting provider, Cloudbreak, they have, they have this Marty uh, uh, yeah. system. They merged with a company called, I mean, this uh, this spec company called UpHealth and then there was, uh, and, and um, well, they merged with UpHealth via this SPAC company called Gig Capital. So UpHealth and Cloudbreak merged into this SPAC company and now form yeah. UpHealth, which trades yeah. on the ticker. El- UpHealth was yeah. already a provider of digital healthcare in its own right. Not, there you go. Not the empty shell. Yeah. Yeah. So this was not the empty shell. So now it's trading under the, the, the ticker UPH. So if you want to invest in... A company that's providing um, telemedicine, like uh, like Cloudbreak, I mean, mostly telemedicine and, uh, and remote uh, remote interpreting, and the other one is doing more kind of physician offices, education, government agencies, some of these uh, other um, well, they do other services. Then we'll go and invest in UPH. We'll be reading their statements and get some more, you know, open data yeah. on uh, on. <laughs> On how that business is going, we, we cover AMN quite with uh, with Stratus quite quite regularly when they when yeah they and, lang- and language line as well right and, and so again just to close off remote interpreting is quite a hot space in the U.S. I mean you had also big uh, language solutions acquire Language Link, which is mostly an over the phone interpreting company. Uh, you know, twenty seven mm-hmm. million dollars back in May. Well, back in May, that's that's just a few barely, weeks ago. A, yeah. barely a month ago, right? So Jeff Brinks mm. in that space as well. So lots going on in in healthcare interpreting in the US. And that's Indeed. it from today's pod of Slater. Slater Pod. See you again next week where we will have a fantastic guest. So See you thanks, then. Esther. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.